Good morning, church. I'm delighted to see you, to have you here, to worship with us this morning. Uh, just before I start, uh, begin, I'd like to thank all those who have helped me this morning. I'd like to thank Rick for filling in for Brother Bob. There's Gage, who did all that lovely stuff for me and will do some other things for me a little bit later on. And there's Miss Julie and Miss Elise, who did song service for us. And of course, there's Miss Luna, who sang for us. And so, and Miss Dagny, who did our scripture reading. So I want to thank you all. If I have left anyone out, let me know. I'm sorry. But that's all I have written down here for now. So hopefully we're going to get done by noon today. I hope that's going to be the case. So his name is Simon Peter. We remember him as the disciple who tried to walk on water, but started sinking when the waves and the wind blew his faith away. He testified of Jesus as the Son of God, yet denied him three times in one night. He swore never to forsake his master, but ran away for fear of his life. Simon Peter, a man of broken promises, a man of failures. His name is Simon Peter. We remember him as a great apostle. He boldly and tirelessly proclaimed Jesus as the Son of God. He baptized hundreds and thousands of people. He performed miracles by healing the sick and raising the dead. People chased his shadow, believing that it could heal them. Simon Peter, a man of success, a man of fame. What made Simon Peter, a man of failures, become Simon Peter, a man of faith? Pray with me, please. Be with us, Lord, as we worship with you today. May our love for you and others grow unfailingly. And thank you, Lord, for being our God. Amen. You know, God's love seen in Jesus. On their 50th anniversary, the wife complained to her husband, you never tell me you love me. The old husband replied, I told you I loved you on our wedding day, didn't I? Well, if I ever changed my mind, I'll let you know. God expressed his love for us through Jesus, and he keeps on showing his love for us every day of our lives. What made Simon Peter, a man of broken promises, become Simon Peter, a man faithful to his promises? What turned Peter's defeat into victory? What transformed Peter's failures into fame? What made Simon Peter, a discouraged fisherman from Galilee, become Simon Peter, an inspired fisher of men, for God's kingdom. Answers are the divine initiative. Jesus stood 
undershow. The answer to these questions is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 21, beginning with verse 4. And we're going to be reading some of this as we go along. Reading from King James Version, it reads, But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. This is now the second week after Christ has been resurrected. Jesus has already appeared to his disciples on two occasions. This will be the third time that Jesus will be with his disciples. And now Jesus is standing on the shore, looking and observing his disciples. His disciples, on the other hand, are busy doing their job. They have spent the whole night fishing, but got nothing. Peter and the other disciples still love their old job. They still love to be called fishermen rather than being called fishers of men. They still enjoy casting their nets rather than casting God's word. They still like rowing their boats rather than rowing God's kingdom into the hearts of men. But Jesus is standing on the shore. Now it's early in the morning. It's their last chance to catch some fish. They are working harder than before, hoping to salvage the night spent fishing. While Peter and the disciples are busy, Jesus is still standing on the shore. The failures of Peter were turned into fame, his defeat into victory, not because he was back at his old job, nor because he labored so hard all night. His defeat was turned into victory because Jesus, the same Jesus that Peter denied, came early in that morning and was standing on the shore. Like Peter, our failures could turn into fame. A defeat into victory because of the divine initiative Jesus is standing and knocking on our door. We may be back into our old habits and lifestyles, but Jesus is standing and knocking on each of our doors. We may be busy trying to gain success, but Jesus is standing and knocking on our doors. Verse 5 in that book reads, Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any fish? They answered him, No. Instead of answering no, Peter and the other disciples could have said, Yes, we have some fish, in an attempt to boost their ego. Imagine a group of experienced fishermen spent the whole night fishing and catching nothing. It's like looking at Billy Graham, and we all know who he is, an experienced speaker uh, was, standing in the pulpit 
and could not even speak a single word. This is a humiliating experience for Peter and the disciples. Yet, without any attempt to boost their ego, they honestly answered, no, we got nothing. Is there, if there is anything that will prevent Christ from turning our lives into our failures, sorry, into fame, a defeat into victory, it is, is to be self-righteous and to deny failures. To think that we are rich and in need of nothing, but deep inside, we are poor and naked. After spending the whole night fishing, the disciples are now tired, exhausted, hungry, frustrated. Peter and the other disciples are experienced fishermen. They have spent all of their lives fishing. They knew when and where to catch fish. They could have ignored the instruction of Jesus, but they did not. And so they cast their nets into the right side of the boat, and they were not able to pull it in, for it was full of fish. Yes, Peter and the other disciples were experienced fishermen, but Christ is the creator of all fish. He is the creator of our lives and our being and our living. Yes, Peter and the disciples were experienced fishermen. Peter probably knew when and where to fish, but the fish knew Christ and they obeyed when Christ commanded them. Go, gather at the right side of the boat. Peter was honest enough to accept his failures. He was willing to follow Christ's instruction. And Christ was able to perform another miracle for him and the other disciples. When Peter heard from John that the man on the shore is no other than Christ himself, he immediately put on his clothes jumped into the water, and made his way to the shore. As always, the other disciples followed him on the boat. When they came to the shore, they saw a fire of coals with the fish on it and some bread. Christ had prepared a meal for him, for them. Did you spend the night fishing and got nothing? In the morning, you will discover that Christ has some fish already prepared and cooked for you. Did you spend the night in the cold? In the morning, you will see that Christ has prepared a warm place for you. Maybe you spend the night wondering where you're going to get some bread for the following morning. When morning comes, you will know that Christ has a bread for you. Did you spend the night in your sea of misery, trying to forget your failures and shortcomings? There is assurance in Christ. You may be hungry. There is provision in Christ. You may be exhausted. There is rest in Christ. So Christ invited them to eat. And when they had finished, Christ, for three times, asked Peter Peter, this familiar question. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
And Peter, for three times, made the same answer. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus commanded Peter to feed my lamb and follow me. Why did Christ have to ask Peter the same question three times? Ellen G. White explained it this way. Three times had Peter openly denied his Lord. And three times did Jesus draw from him the assurance of his love and loyalty. Do we love God, Jesus, the way Peter ended up loving him? By pressing home that pointed question like a barbed arrow to his wounded heart, Jesus, before the assembled disciples, brought out the depth of Peter's penitence and showed him how thoroughly humbled the once boasted disciple he was. He was now entrusted with the important commission of caring for the flock of Christ. An Indianapolis teacher had the duty of telling her 19 second graders the results of their state required progress test, progress test taken earlier that year. Unfortunately, not all of the kids had passed the test. As the teacher spoke with each one, it was easy to tell which ones had passed. Their facial expressions told the story. Those who failed walked quietly back to their seats. For one little boy, it was all too much. Though he tried to hold back the tears, they began to flow. Then the unexpected occurred. One by one, the children came to the crying boy's desk to comfort him. They patted him on the back, hugged him as only seven-year-olds can hug, and told him not to worry. He would get another chance in summer school. They shared love and encouragement with a friend when he needed it most. Do we do that? Those children passed an even more important test that morning. Right now, I'd like to have us listen to a song that I love to listen to. You may not like the way this guy sings. You may not like his style. But what I want us to do is listen to his words. To me, they are so important to us, especially as a church, especially as Christians, as we walk through life. I would love to see us just love each other as Christ loves us. You got it, Gage? Um, the one, if, which one is it? Where would I be? Do I have it written down here? Where would I be if it wasn't for the love of God? Mercy. 
Before I forget, I know it's the middle of my sermon here, but Mr. Eli, what did you tell Ms. Joy a minute ago? There's bread and microgreens in the kitchen for you to take when you leave this morning, so don't forget, okay? So let us remember that God loves us immensely, and we can do likewise and love our neighbors like uh, the same. Okay, Peter's failures were turned into fame, his defeats into victory, not because of human initiative, but because of the divine initiative. Jesus stood on the shore, not because of human ability, but because of the divine miracle, not because of human resources to meet human needs, but because of the divine provision in Christ, not because of Peter's worth for another chance, but because of God's grace and God's love to reinstate him to his position. You know, one day Paul was in Jerusalem and was staying with the family of a young man named Mark. Mark got interested in, with the mission of the church, so he decided to ask Paul and his uncle Barnabas if he could join them in their missionary journey. Paul and Barnabas probably thought Mark could be of help with their luggage as they journey from one place to another. So they accepted Mark's proposal. As a result, Mark joined them sorry, on their journey. And so far, Mark had been a good help both to Paul and Barnabas until they reached the place of Cyprus. Mark has heard about the persecution in this place. And he became overwhelmed with fear and discouragement and wavered for a time in his purpose to give himself wholeheartedly to the Lord's work. He decided to go home at a time when his services were most needed. When Mark got home, he probably wanted to stay out of his friends at the church, fearing for their scrutiny of why he is home. He probably entered through the back door of their house. When his mother asked him why he's home, Mark was probably embarrassed to say that he became discouraged after experiencing hardships in God's work. Mark was a failure until someone in Jerusalem tapped him on his shoulders, tried to encourage him, and told him that his services were needed at the church at Jerusalem. And that someone is no other than Peter himself. And as we know, Mark became the writer of one of the four Gospels. Peter experienced what, is, what it's like to fail. Have any one of us ever failed at anything? But he also experienced what it is like to be given another chance. He experienced how Christ came early that morning to turn his failures into victory. And now Peter could do the same thing to Mark. As we know, this desire to turn our failures into victory, this urge to give us another chance, is a priority in God's plan. God wants us to love him, do his work, love others, and continue to do what he has asked us to do until he returns. 
It is this desire to give us another chance that the Son of God was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, agonizing, pleading to his Father for mercy. It is this desire to give us another chance that Jesus could say, in spite of his ordeal on the cross, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Jesus was resurrected and ascended to heaven. And he's now sitting at the right hand of God as our high priest. And whenever we fail, whenever we think we are not being loved, Jesus could say, my blood is sufficient for you. It is this desire that made Simon Peter a man of failures become Simon Peter a man of fame. You know, there's another song I want us to sing quickly. I know we're almost there with our time, but we are going to sing the love of God. I am so impressed by the love of God that I have walked this earth for so many years, and I know that he has always been with me. He has always loved me. He has always encouraged me to do the right thing. And that's what I want us to do as of today, if we haven't already been doing it, to continue our walk with the Lord, to love him immensely, and to love others as well. Loving God himself is not enough. We need to love all our brothers and sisters, peoples everywhere, all over this globe. And when Christ comes, I'm sure we'll meet some of those people in heaven that we have given our love to, that we have encouraged to walk the way God wants us to walk. So we're going to quickly listen to the love of God. If you want to hum along, please do. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest head. down with care God gave his son to win his erring child he reconciled and bought him from his Me. Mm-hmm. 
You know, when was the last time you gave someone another chance to prove himself or herself? As a husband, wife, when was the last time you gave your spouse a chance to prove himself or herself before passing your condemnation or telling them how much you love them? We could preach and teach about love all day. But without this desire, this spirit of giving a person another chance, our preaching and teaching about love will be nothing. Uh, when was the last time someone, a spouse, a teacher, or a friend, really gave you a chance to correct your failures and shortcomings? When did somebody stand in front of your door, waited for you, prepared a meal for you, was willing to die for you so that he could give you another chance? If you cannot remember it, I want to tell you this morning that Christ is standing in front of your door. You may be experiencing some of the same failures in life that Peter experienced. You know, but God is telling us, whatever your kind of failure may be, no matter how deep you may be in, regardless of how times you have experienced it, Christ is able to turn those failures into fame, those defeats into victory. So this morning, I want to encourage us to love the Lord no matter what. I want to encourage us to love each other, to strive for us all to get to the kingdom of God. And I just want to let us know that encouragement and love is something that belongs to us as Christians. We do not have to live in a world of hurt and doubt. We don't have to live alone. We don't have to weep in solitude. We have the body of Christ to lift us up. We have the word of God to teach us. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us who warms our souls with love and compassion. We have the God of encouragement waiting to show us his mercy and love. But we need to trust. We need to remember the Lord's blessings. We need to depend on him. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus and him alone. And Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, all those who are feeling left out and unloved, come to me and I will give you rest. You know, God knows me, and I know he knows all of us here. And he still loves me, despite of my shortcomings. God knows that I'm a sinner, yet he forgives me. I am diseased, yet he heals. I am in a pit, yet he pulls me out. I am ungrateful for his good gifts, yet he gives them to me anyway. And I deserve justice, but he grants me mercy. You know, this morning, I want us to remember that God is love, and we can be too.
to each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we are. We just need to depend on the love of God, and we can extend that love to everyone else. So this morning, I'm going to have ask Sister Rosie to come up here and do a closing hymn for us. It's number 12. stand. with me, please. There, Lord, let the peace that passes all understanding be with us as we leave church today. Help us to make a difference in the world this week. Let our words of actions align with your word. Help us never to forget that you are with us always, that you love us no matter what. And we should do likewise to others. Thank you, Lord. May we have a blessed week. Amen.